awesome stuff this morning. I want to start with a scripture. In Psalms 147, verse 4, it says, He counts the stars and he calls them all by name. All the stars. And in verse 5, How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. Have you ever looked to the stars and thought about how vast, how great, how beyond comprehension it may be? I am no science expert. I'm a little bit of a science fan, and I love when stuff comes across my plate. And this last week, if you're on social media or maybe the news, I don't watch the news, so I don't know if they covered it or not, but NASA tweeted out uh, on social media these new telescope. Uh, pictures that they were able to get with this new technology, blowing away the old pictures with some new technology. Can we just recognize for a moment how lacking our vision is without being able to see certain things? And in this situation, NASA was just showing us how amazing these new pictures are, these new things. And what we can see now with technology that we could not see before. I, I think this is just amazing. And, and, and to me, when I see the science in this kind of way, it, it, just, it just blows me away to how good our God is. That our God is so vast that there is no depth or distance, even when that distance is measured in time, not in miles. I was in San Antonio this week. I was absolutely hitting the traffic, coming back, measuring in time of how slow it is. And I was like, man, I feel like that traveling would be even better than the travel to San Antonio, I'm just going to say. When you come to a dead stop for absolutely no reason, oh, man, bless those people that, are, that travel that more than me. I complain just my one time, and that's, that's all I got. <laughs> and so, but the distance of God. Some other science stuff came across my, my plate this week, and I love this quote by a science um, a guy online. He said, it is pretty cool coincidence. It's a pretty cool coincidence that the human brain contains around the same number of neurons as there are stars in the Milky Way. So even as we look to an image like these images that NASA has produced for us through this, this new technology, and we see the vastness of what is going on in space, there is still so much more depth and vastness and, and detail that takes place inside of each and every one of you. So as you look into space or see the images that NASA is producing or Discovery Channel or anybody else, even the depths of the ocean, which is also so much, uh, also unexplored in so many ways, we must also recognize how much more there is inside of each and every one of us. And that if there's still so much undiscovered in space, how much is still undiscovered in us? And not just the science of the discovery, but the spiritual discovery of what God has created in each and every one of you is more vast than the space that NASA can show us. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. We can look at images of space and all these different things and, and the animals and we can be blown away, but yet the Bible, the word of God says, you are though the masterpiece of God. 
we see his creation and we stand in awe of what we see, but yet every day in the mirror, we are able to see God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. The good things he has planned for you, say planned for me, amen, planned for you. And I believe that this is the kind of miracle that we're going to talk about today that we see in John chapter 1, this miracle of self, this miracle of vision of who we are and what Jesus wants to show us in the midst of this story that will begin in verse 43. And I'm going to take some time, speaking of time and going slow, I'm going to be going slowly once I get into this story and, uh, and be kind of going verse by verse. I, I had a tendency, I was starting to overcomplicate and I thought, you know what, we're just going to take it simple, we're going to take it slow. I probably should have brought a stool out here to slow myself down because typically when I sit down, I'll slow down and not, and not get ramped up to 11 and just stay there. But uh, I loved this story. I was, I was reading just a few weeks ago and and when I, you know, we've been in this miracle series for a while. I got no anticipation of being done with the miracle series anytime soon. Why? Because absolutely I believe in this series and what God is communicating to each and every one of us. At least he's speaking to me through this series. And I'm preaching to myself when I get up here. And this is one of those messages that absolutely I needed to hear this week. This is one of those messages that absolutely I needed to process this week. And, uh, and so I am not in a hurry to leave this, these miracle stories of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he showed us in the scriptures. And in John chapter 1, verse 43, it says, The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew, in Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Have you found Jesus? I love this picture that we see with Philip. They have plenty of religion. They got plenty of rules. They got plenty of regulations. But all of a sudden, this man Jesus comes along, and it's like, I don't need none of that. I need him. I know this is the man that the prophets have talked about. I've heard the stories. I've sat and listened to the scriptures and the, and the, the, the reading of the text, and this is it. Neither, none of these other things satisfy, but the person of Jesus Christ is going to satisfy what I need. Have you found Jesus. I love this excitement that they have for Jesus. And I just want to take a moment to revel in this, that do we continue to find the same excitement in Jesus? That we walk in these doors, we're not just looking to punch a clock, to check the list, to go through the motions of, I, I served my time and I went through the, the process, but yet I came into this space still looking for Jesus, still being like Philip coming to us as if we were Nathaniel and getting us to be like, hey, I heard this guy, he's here, let me show you where he's at. And may this be a house of Jesus. May this be a place of Jesus. May this be a place where we know we can walk in the doors and find Jesus. Can I get an amen? May this be the place of excitement, the place of anticipation where we come in, like Philip, we come in. In verse 46, Nazareth. <laughs> 
you got to say it with a little bit of a chuckle. There's an exclamation point there too, because it's said in a disbelief, a, a doubt to Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, replied Philip. I'm, this isn't necessarily uh, connected to the sermon as much as the text, and I just thought it's taken a moment again here. And I feel like sometimes we just need that reminder because sometimes the world may respond to us as we might act like a Philip being like, hey, here's this place where we're hearing about Jesus, where I encountered Jesus. I encountered Jesus through the greeter, through the kids' ministry, through the worship, through the, the, the word being ex expressed uh, through all these different means, and, and I'd like you to come with us. And like, whoa, but, but aren't you from that place, right? Like this is a place of like, if Jesus is encountering this same thing of, yeah, but isn't he from Nazareth? What good can come from there? Then let me encourage you. Do not let your hometown or your place of origin be an inhibitor to what Jesus is doing in your life or possibly the life of someone else that you may reach out to. Don't, be, don't let your family of origin be an inhibitor to what Jesus is looking to do. And even somebody else that may doubt that is okay because even in this situation, even Nathaniel's like, are you sure? Like, like, you're telling me about this Jesus, but you said he's from Nazareth. What good can come from there? And too often, uh, at least for my own self, like, you met my family? Remember, I'm from San Angelo, Texas. Even when I, I, I spent all my teenage years in Ohio, but I still had my Texas accent. I was a little redneck up in Yankee Town. And like, so I, I understand of like, Oh, you know where I'm from. Like you hear it <laughs> when I speak, you know where I'm from. And so I don't know about you, but sometimes I have let places of origin or past issues or, or my reputation or my history keep me from what God is calling me to do. Too often there is somebody that I did not talk to or invite simply because of where I was from, what I had been through. Now, love says, come and see for yourself. It's okay. Just come and see. That's all you got to do. And people may respond to us, but don't let that prevent what God is calling you to do. In verse 47, as they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel. Genuine Son of Israel. What language Jesus chooses for this man? Of all the things that could have been said, even to acknowledge, oh, you know, hey, nice dress, you're, you look clean, you're good. Like, like oh, outward appearances or even like, even if it was something to speak into somebody, you ever had somebody that just like kind of speaks the, 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 just the platitudes and like they just encourage you with like just kind of generalizations. Uh, I used to, kind of do this. I had a guy back in San Angelo who was one of the school employees who were, you know, were connected to the charter school. And, and um, it, it almost sounded like just kind of generic, but it wasn't. And, and I had this, this friend, this, this uh, not necessarily co-worker, he worked for the school and I worked for the church. And even though, but we were connected, so we always worked together on things. And I just decided one day, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call him Mr. Awesome every time I see. Like, I absolutely know David's name, but I'm going to call him Mr. Awesome. David Morales, you are no longer Mr. Morales or Mr. David. You are Mr. Awesome. And every time I see him, I just determined that I was going to call him Mr. Awesome and just speak into his life in a particular way. And Jesus says in this 
verse, a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Could you imagine this? Could you imagine just for a moment of encountering Jesus in the flesh and walking up to him and him having something similar to say to speak over you? To speak over your life. To call you something. Could you believe it? Could you accept it? Could you receive it? My, my friend, Mr. Awesome, had a hard time. He'd always, he'd always be kind of like bashful and, and kind of like kind of downplay. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to let up. Like every time we're going to talk, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stay on this. I don't know. I just felt that there was a need in this situation, in this relationship, to speak into his life in this way. And so many times, I don't know about you, I've had situations, I've had people speaking to my life. I believe I've had times where I felt like God was speaking in my life in such a way, but can I receive it? Can I accept it? Such powerful language that we see here with Jesus. And I wonder how he felt in that moment. Nathaniel, would, would, he, would he feel qualified? Or would he feel unqualified? Would, it, would, would he step into a situation of this spoke up? And I love his response. How do you know about me? In the New Living, it says about me. But um, in, in like the ESV, it just says, how do you know me? Now, this isn't a relational no. This isn't like, like they got a, a secret handshake kind of no or like Jesus knows his Enneagram number and his disc assessment and, and things like that. Those of you who have gone through next steps, next steps and we did the personality stuff uh, to help you understand you and help us understand you and how you learn, how you, how you see things. This isn't a no in this personal way. It's more like an understand. He's saying, how do you understand me? Because this isn't a relational thing. I've never met you, yet when I encounter you, you speak into my life in such a way that can only be a miracle because it cannot be explained in the natural. So how do you understand me? And this word, no. This isn't, this isn't just something to pass by. This isn't just something to skip over. This idea that Jesus would know Nathaniel. This idea that Jesus would understand me. This idea that Jesus would understand you. Every aspect of your being and who you are, and maybe not even who you are in this moment, but yet still who you are called to be, that you are still becoming. That Jesus understands you. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. And Jesus replies, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip even found you. I could see you under the fig tree before Philip even found you. So in this, in this story, we see that, that, that Philip hears about Jesus and has to go find Nathaniel. Even his friend doesn't know where he's at. He just, just stay with me for a moment that he has to find Nathaniel. But yet Jesus says, I knew where you were. Jesus says, I saw you in this place. Now, I love what we don't see in the text, but what commentary uh, has showed me and even conversation and, um, with, with friends is that 
You see, Nathaniel being under a fig tree, he would have been under the fig tree at this time of day because of the shade that the fig tree would have had. I loved our old house back in San Angelo. We had a, a beautiful fig tree, these big leaves and these wonderful big fig tree in the backyard. It was a great place. The foxes loved it a whole lot. We had all, we had all this open land around us and the foxes would come and steal the figs and probably raccoons and all these other animals. And, um, and it was a wonderful tree. It was so beautiful. I loved having it there. And... Um, and this fig tree would put off so much shade that Nathaniel would be looking for a place to escape, to get out of the heat. And it's even more so believed that the reason he would have been looking for shade during this time is to pray. He'd be looking for solitude, a, a way to get away from some people and a time to pray. So what we believe in this moment that Nathaniel is not just living a life, he's not just going through the motions, that he's actually in this place of prayer to God but then Jesus, God in the flesh, who's come down to earth outside of his divine nature of his heavenly place is now here and is connecting this together. That Jesus is seeing Philip spiritually. That Jesus is seeing Philip in a supernatural way. Not just I saw you. This isn't like Obi-Wan watching Luke off from the distance when Luke is a little kid pretending to fly. Yeah, that's right. In case you don't know, like, like maybe the new series, I don't give anything away, but it's, it's in the old ones too. And, and, and like, this isn't like an Obi-Wan situation, I believe, where Jesus is just off in the distance watching without Nathaniel knowing. This is a, a spiritual moment of Jesus seeing him. And even from a distance is seeing not just him as a person, but him as a created being, him as a one with purpose. Jesus is seeing him. I could see you under the fig tree before Philip even found you. I don't know about you, but on a bad day, this is scary. <laughs> this idea. On a bad day, I'm like, oh no, like you, I don't know. Like, like, I just like, oh, I don't know. But on a good day, like on a Nathaniel day, I'm like, yeah, Jesus, see me. See my efforts, see my giving, see my prayer, see my my all that I do, see me pick up the trash that isn't mine. See, see me, Jesus. Like, we want to just go through and we just want to like just boast in it. I don't know about you, but so often I, I read this, this idea that so often in our human condition, we get trapped in one of two things that we cannot think ourselves better than our worst moment of life. And we cannot think ourselves worse than our best moment of life. This makes me think about how Nathaniel might have felt in this moment. How genuine was Nathaniel in his prayer and his life in this moment how about the rest of his life outside of prayer time? Was Nathaniel being genuine in the situation that, that he heard these words? And was he reminded of his, of his shortcomings and could not remove himself from those things to say, no, 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 Jesus, I can't receive what you say about me because I'm stuck in the ditch. I'm stuck in this grave that I've dug myself and I can't seem to get out of this six foot hole. Or would Nathaniel be in this place of, of acceptance of being like, yes, yes, Jesus, what else? What other words do you have for me, Jesus? Like, like I don't know about you, but sometimes I might be in that place, like, oh, genuine Israelite. Be like, genuine Christian, uh, I, I saw you praying. Like, yes, and what else did you see? You saw my other good deeds, right? Like, I hope, like, I'm done checking off the boxes. I'm doing all the things. And, and hope that you saw me. I just, I just, I wrestle 
with this aspect of how do we respond? Because how would you respond? If Jesus today, you had an encounter with him and he came to you and said things, he's spoken to things that maybe it's, it's the kind of thing that it's, it's the masterpiece and the beauty of what you fail to see in the mirror, but Jesus speaks into it anyway, and he calls you to something greater that you're unable to process or comprehend or even see in your life, and he calls you and he says, you're this, you're this. What is this? What is this desire that you have? What would be the thing that you would want to hear from Jesus today? Whether it's the thing that would speak out of your shortcoming and pull you out of that trap or the thing that would acknowledge the thing that you believe he has seen, but yet you have no acknowledgement of. What would be the thing that you would want to hear from Jesus? What would be the thing that you think, Jesus, if you just said this, if I just heard these words, this would be the thing that would radically transform my life. This would be the thing that if I just heard this would take me to a place of giving like I've never done before. Take me to a place of prayer like I've never said before. Take me to a place of serving like I've never served before. What would be that thing? Maybe it would just simply be the thing of acceptance. Maybe it would be that, 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 that idea of how loved you are right now, just as you are. Because Jesus speaks into a situation of, not just in the moment of how it is, but who you are created to be. I like this quote. I found this in my notes. I don't know if I said it or somebody else said it. Probably somebody else, but I didn't write the name. It says, treat people as they are, and they remain as they are. Treat people as they can be and should be, and they become as they can and should be. Now, I don't want to take away from any aspect of the accuracy or truth of what Jesus is speaking into the life of Nathaniel in this situation. But how often are we in this situation that we are even unable to hear the words of Jesus because we cannot hear his voice over the volume of our own inner dialogue? Or we cannot hear his voice over the volume of the world around us that wants to put us down and keep us down in our situations and circumstances, in our finances, in our relationships, the words that come against us constantly, that we are unable to even hear the words of Jesus, that Jesus is always speaking of such acceptance and building and unifying and, and creating inside of each and every one of our lives, but yet we are unable to hear it. Sometimes we need Jesus, and sometimes we need the Phillips in our life. Sometimes it may not even be us. And this is, as, as I communicate, even our own personal need to hear these things, it's also the very need that we have to be the Phillips. This is the prophetic voice that we need in today's church more than ever, is a prophetic voice to speak into the future and possibilities and potential of every single person in our life, to speak to what we see beyond the natural of what is contained within each and every life and not just what we see, to speak to the potential of what you can do and not the mistakes that you have done. The, the, the prophetic voice to build, to see, Beyond the natural. This is, a, this is a need that we have not just in our own lives to be able to receive like Nathaniel, but to also be like Jesus. 
How do we see ourselves? Can we see ourselves in such a way that we can also receive like Nathaniel? I can only imagine how this might have impacted Nathaniel even moving forward to hear such amazing words from Jesus, the one he does decide to follow, to speak. I, I love this idea, and, and there's so many opportunities. And uh, let me, before I come back to this, let me, there's a story I was reminded of, a parable, not a biblical parable, but a parable of a bricklayer. Maybe you've heard this story, and as I was reading a book a couple of weeks ago, I was reminded of this story of the parable of the bricklayer, and um, they were building this place. I'll get to eventually what it was, and I'll just read this story as I found it. I had to go back and Google it, and it says, one day in 1671, many years ago, Christopher Wren observed three bricklayers on a scaffold, one crouched, one half standing, and one standing tall, working very hard and fast. To the first bricklayer, Christopher Wren asked the question, what are you doing? To which the bricklayer replied, I'm a bricklayer. I'm working hard laying bricks to feed my family. I'm a bricklayer. A completely legitimate answer but then Christopher Wren goes to the second bricklayer who responded as this, I'm a builder and I'm building a wall as a part of this building. And then he goes to the third bricklayer, the most productive of the three and the future leader of the group. And when asked the question by Christopher, what are you doing? He replied with a gleam in his eye, I'm a cathedral builder. I'm building a great cathedral to the Almighty. Three men all doing the same job with a different posture and a different take on the accomplishment of what they were going to do, where one could only see past or could not see past the immediate aspect of their task. I'm a bricklayer. I'm laying brick. That is it. It is brick, then brick, then brick, or brick, then mortar, then brick, then mortar. You know, you understand how it goes. He's like, I'm just this. And the second one says, I can see a little bit further because I can see the accomplishment that this is all these bricks together collectively are going to create this wall, but yet still failing to understand the complete picture of what he was doing until you get to the third bricklayer who says, no, 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 no. I may be putting bricks here one at a time, one after another, but the accomplishment of not just me, but all three of us together is a cathedral where people will join in together and worshiping our creator. I love this idea because even in the midst of NASA sharing these pictures of what we are seeing in space is not even just their own efforts. It was a collective effort, a collective effort. How often have I walked through life, even as a Christian, where I who, what are you or who are you? Oh, I'm a Christian. I, I could, I could, I, I'm, I'm just like, I would identify myself in this, this narrow, short-sighted kind of way of, of like, that's all I was. It was just me as an individual. But what in the Christian life would be the next step? What would be our second answer? Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a part of a church. I, I agreed or I serving kids or I, maybe it's even outside the church. Maybe it's, Maybe it's, I, you know, I, I help at Mission Arlington or, or uh, feed the homeless or, or something else, even as I go on a mission trip, which, by the way, I forgot to promote. There was another slide there that uh, next year's uh, mission trips are for 2023 are announced. And uh, anyway, Global Ventures, and we'll share more information later. And, uh, you know, I just do these things. That, that Maybe I see myself beyond just my Christian 
identification because I've received or accepted Jesus. I prayed to Jesus and received him into my life. And now I, I, I can see myself beyond that to the point of doing something a little more. But what if we saw ourselves that, you know what, I'm a part of the life church building uh, a, a a home for people to find Jesus, to come into this place like I was sharing earlier, to experience and encounter Jesus, our Savior, to say, like, Philip, come and see this place, and I'm a part of the church. Maybe you can even see beyond the life church and say, I'm a part of the global church. I'm a part of a movement of God in the world for something greater than me. I believe this is the very essence of Nathaniel. Nathaniel is probably in this place praying, not just for himself, not just a, a prayer of petition, nothing wrong with that of his needs and what he's looking for. But he's probably praying for his nation. He's probably praying for family, praying for his community. I like to think anyway that he's praying for, for more than just the immediates. There's something bigger. Can we wrap our minds around this third bricklayer? Can we wrap our minds around what, what Jesus is speaking into our lives isn't even just about us. It's about a bigger picture. That Jesus wants to communicate into something into your life. He wants to radically transform your life and bring a miracle into your life that changes the way you see things because I feel like even referring back to the pictures of the stars and we see through a, a glass that's this dim in a dim kind of way in a, in a dirty kind of way in a, a skewed kind of way that God created us from the time before we were even born with a purpose and a particular personality and, and, and I believe even a destiny in life but then we become formed by the ways of the world and our family and our culture and where we live and where we move from and our past and our mistakes and our history. And it affects the way we see things that we might even be in a position where we think we can see a certain thing and have a scope. And then all of a sudden Jesus comes along and says, let me show you this new technology, this spiritual technology that what you thought was mind blowing of viewing the galaxy and the stars in the sky. He says, I show you another thing. And what was seemed to be a, a, a skewed vision of life. Let me show you another way. Let me show you a renewing of our minds and the way we see things. And so often I feel that it's got to start with us, which is why when Nathaniel walks up to Jesus and says, oh, a genuine Israelite. Was he? I believe he was. But I believe Jesus' words are the same for each and every one of us. That we would encounter Jesus and Jesus would say, whatever it is about us. Not just a genuine Christian, but something specific to your character, to your quality, to, your, to who you are. And each and every one of us are absolutely needed. Each and every one of us and how we see things and how we process things are absolutely needed in this body of Christ. And I believe this is the prophetic voice that we need today. And I like how, to give you my, my weekly quote, 
Bob Goff says, the beautiful message of Jesus is his invitation to everyone that they could trade in who they used to be for who God sees them becoming. He said we could each get a new identity in him. Maybe you've been in a place where you feel like if Jesus spoke something so positive to you today that you couldn't receive it because you can only see the negative. That if Jesus spoke something into your character that yet you still struggle with, you're still making the mistakes, you're still struggling with the addiction, you still, whatever it may be for your life, that if Jesus spoke, that maybe you just couldn't receive it quite yet. And that's the thing to bring to Jesus. Even Nathaniel, oh, whoa, 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 but what good can come from Nazareth? What good can come from me? What good can come from my family? What good can come from that friend that, that God, I believe you've been placing on my heart to invite to church or, or, or give finances to or bless them with a meal or, or, or help them move? The, the, big, the big thing we all get scared of, right? And it's Jesus has been speaking to you about somebody else. Who's Jesus asking you to be a Philip to? Who's Jesus been placing on your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit saying, I need you to do this thing? Next question would be, like Nathaniel, what is it you need to hear from Jesus today? What is the situation that you've been facing? The breakthrough you're needing? What is it? It's relationship, it's finances, it's, it's simply, maybe it is the character and the decision-making and, and you've been overcome by the temptation and yet you've been choosing to be in a place of your own will and your own strength, thinking you can be in this place, this, this place because you feel all alone and Jesus says, no, 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 I see you. And I don't just see you right here, right now because you're here on a Sunday morning. I saw you when you were under the fig tree. I saw you when you're in the secret secret place. I saw your efforts and your desires to not not give in to those temptations, even though you might have, but I still saw you and I know the desires of your hearts and then the need to be free from these things. You are not alone. What is it that you need to hear today? And like Jesus, which prophetic word are you needing to speak into someone else's life? I love this as a youth pastor for so many years. And this is, this is like, it's so much easier in kids ministry and youth ministry to be able to speak into young people's lives. And either they're hearing all the negatives and they're hearing all the other things. But I loved it as a youth pastor to be able to speak. And one, you could see the characters and, the, and, and young people are trying to find their way and figure out who they are. And, and yet you can, and you can see these things and you can see the efforts and you could speak in to just the efforts. You can ignore they're, they're kids, they're messing it up, right? You can ignore those things a lot easier and speak into what you know they are and who God has made them to be and to be able to speak prophetically into their life. And how much harder is it though as adults sometimes? We've been living in a world that has shaped us and formed us. I like how someone said, you are formed by trauma, drama, your daddy and your mama. And we have these things of life that have shaped us and formed us and sometimes make it so difficult for us to see 
to see what God sees in our lives. And we can only be focused on sometimes the negatives and God says no. But I'm the one that created you and so if I created you, then I know what's in you. And maybe it feels as deep as space itself and as far as the stars. But God has placed it inside each and every one of you. A plan, a purpose, a destiny. And maybe it seems as small as a star in the galaxy in the night sky, even as small as it is, still in a telescope with the most advanced technology we've ever seen. And it still seems so small, but we know it's not. We know it's not. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're willing this morning, God, we just acknowledge in this moment that you see each and every one of us, not just collectively in the church, in this auditorium, but you see each and every one of us as individuals, as creations, as a masterpiece, as the text told us, each and every one of us is more beautiful than the most beautiful piece of art we've ever seen or created or admired. Each and every one of us is more beautiful than even the night sky on a wonderful evening. Each and every one of us is more beautiful than the most beautiful thing that has ever impacted our souls. And we acknowledge it right here and right now to say thank you, God, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Creator. Thank you for destining us for great things and wonderful things and helping us to hear the voice of Jesus as in the same way that he would speak to Nathaniel as he speaks to each and every one of us. Everybody, let's just pray. I'm just going to lead you in a prayers for every one of us regardless of where we are, where we are in our journey, our walk as Christians, a simple prayer for each and every one of us. Just say, repeat after me, say, Dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for my Savior, my Redeemer, the one who forgives me and gives me new life. Renew my mind and help me to see myself the way you see me. Help me to see my neighbor as you see them, fill me with your love and give me a prophetic voice to speak into the lives of others and to call forth the greatness within themselves along with myself. In your name I pray, Jesus, amen. Let's stand and worship him as we continue to press in to what God is speaking to us here this morning. Let's worship.